The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. So over the years on this show, and we'll come back around to this topic, you guys. I promise you will. We will. So over the years on this show, we have talked about radicalization, the different forms of it, how it happens, and how people have been able to break away from it. Well, the Calgary Police Service has an interesting program that while it was started to help people in danger of being recruited by terrorist organizations or criminal gangs, it has evolved and expanded its reach. It's called the Redirect Program, and the coordinator, Sergeant Gareth Joles, joins us this afternoon. Sergeant, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. All right, so tell us about the Redirect Program. When did it start? How did it start? And, you know, besides, you know, the obvious question, why did it start? Um, well, I guess it started back uh, with a thought process, too. It was probably back in 2014 and 2015 when we had uh, a number of young men that had decided that uh, they wanted to go and fight overseas for uh, ISIS in Syria and Iraq. Um, and the powers that be here within the city of Calgary and uh, the executive within the Calgary Police Service um, were concerned and thought we needed to have some sort of uh, response to that. And, and something that um, was already starting to happen in other parts of the world, in particular Europe. So mm-hmm. we started we started looking at some of their uh, de-radicalization programs, um, and that's really where it started. Yes, yeah, so I was wondering if if this was based on a on a program elsewhere. Um, it's a bit of a combination of a couple. So uh, it loosely follows some portions of a model out of the UK, and then internally here within the Calgary Police Service. We already had uh, something that seemed to be working. It's called YARD, so that's the Youth at Risk Development Program, and that's, uh, that's a partnership intervention program that uh, focuses on gang involvement. Okay. So we combined the two to come up uh, with Redirect um, and just uh, making sure that we, we partner. It's a police officer and a social worker working together here. So. so, Surgeon, give me an idea how this works and maybe a little bit about how it's evolved. If it was originally set up um, to, to deal with um, radicalization, you, you mentioned about um, you know, men, young men joining um, ISIS going overseas, that sort of thing. But yeah. you've also you know, talked about gangs, you know, maybe just someone who's not fitting in, really. Yeah. Um, how has that evolved over the years from focusing on pure radicalization, when we talk about, you know, wanting to become an ISIS fighter, to, you know, maybe some of the, the, the young people that you're working with now? Well, I, I think if you don't mind, I'm just going to touch on what radicalization means quickly, sure. because um, sometimes that gets a bit of a, sure does. a, a weird rap, right? So um, there are tons of different definitions uh, online, but for us, it's the process of adopting any extremist belief system. Um, but also it has to include the, the willingness to use support or facilitate some kind of violence. Okay. And the reason behind that is, um, you know, they, they want some kind of method to affect a societal change. So radicalization really works anywhere across that uh, ideological spectrum, uh, you know, spectrum. And we have had referrals from, um, you know, certainly from the religio-political end, but we also have had them from uh, uh, left-wing, like Antifa. Yeah. And, and, of course, we get them from uh, right-wing neo-Nazi types as well. Yeah. Uh, what have you learned uh, about radicalization over the years? Um, that's, that's <laughs> you're on the spot there. Yeah, you you are. Um, I uh, I was fortunate um, when I was a lot younger. I uh, I lived in Northern Ireland, mm. and then when I grew up, I, I served in the British Army in Northern Ireland as well. And so I got to see extremism and radicalization firsthand. And uh, you know, I was always sort of interested in that kind of thing. And then I, a few years ago, mentored uh, the Afghan police. I did a year in Afghanistan and and got to see. Um, you know, some other areas of the world as well. And so when I came back, it was just 
uh, that niche that I really enjoyed. And uh, I, I think what uh, we have going on here, because of the people we work with in partnership, uh, we're working, uh, you know, with one youth uh, at a time and, and really trying to make that difference. And the age range for, for these youth are generally between 60, 16, sorry, and up to about 30 years of age. So, How busy are you? Uh, we are very busy. Uh, right. In fact, we, uh, and I don't mean that in an alarming way, but we're a small team, so it keeps us uh, quite busy. And mm. we're actually in the process now of uh, trying to expand to a second outreach team, another police officer, another social worker in the new year. So. Um, you know, uh, a, a little while ago, I uh, had the opportunity to interview uh, Arnold Michaelis, who um, is a, uh, a skinhead. Who, um, if you if you look him up, he he is just um, he he was one of the founding members of what went on to become one of the largest uh, racist skinhead organizations on earth. And we had a fascinating conversation because he's totally changed his ways. He started yeah. something called the Forgiveness Program yeah. uh, Project. It's just it was it was unreal. But when you started to realize about what attracts people um, to, or, or how one um, becomes radicalized, how yeah. one moves in there. It's just not one thing at play, is it? There's, there's a lot of things there. There are. Um, there are a number of factors, and of course, uh, you know, academics and intelligence services around the world have, um, you know, struggled to try and define that uh, specifically, but, uh, you know, people at different times in their lives uh, are up and down. They can be vulnerable, and we have uh, social networks, predators online looking for uh, people that are vulnerable. It's human nature for us to want to belong to something or a group that's, you know, larger than uh, larger than life and a sense of purpose. And you know, then there's uh, the good old-fashioned grievance, that uh, us versus them thinking that's uh, so intrinsic in uh, human behavior, right? Uh, um, but that's the factor side. We also have, uh, you know, there's key behaviors that uh, that are out there. Um, you know, a normal behavior would be strongly defending your personal view and debate, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's healthy. Mm-hmm. It becomes a little more concerning for, um, you know, family and friends and school uh, workers and stuff when suddenly you're disengaged and disengaged perhaps from school and work and your normal way of life and perhaps you've picked up a new group of friends and you're very secretive about that and um, and then of course you know moving on to something critical where we'll be really concerned and want to be actively involved is when they start to contact extremist groups or, or things of that nature too so so sergeant Joel's how does how does one become a part of this program um, can they cause I'm, I'm guessing they're not uh, someone's not going to say I need I need your help uh, no. and I need it, it needs to be a referral type thing right that, that's right um, we Generally uh, speaking, uh, we'll get referrals from different parts of the community. So it could be, it could be a teacher, it could be a school resource officer, um, it could be a doctor, uh, a, a social uh, um, counselor, uh, a worker. Anyone that's sort of in contact with a youth that they, you know, genuinely care for and, and are working with in some way, and then they recognize, you know, what there's something not quite right here. I'm, I'm concerned, but uh, I think I need to refer. I mean, that's a that is a very general. Um, and uh, um, sort of the most general way that we would get a referral. So, so someone can be referred, but from yep. what I understand, um, one has to want to get out of yep. whatever they're in, and if they're not willing to, then being referred is not going to do anything, is it? Yeah, then, and you you actually touched on that earlier with uh, the right-wing example. Yeah. Um, it is really about uh, dealing with some of the outlying issues, right? So people don't uh, become extremists um, and, and start to hook up into that way of life without some other issues going on. And so we tend to present to them, here are the things that we can work on to support you. And uh, I think there's a, there's a large group of them that uh, 
you do want to move out of that realm. So um, we've had some success that way. We, we don't take on every client. Like we may only take maybe one or, or, or maybe two out of four, um, somewhere along those lines. And the rest we may try and pre- refer on to another program that might be able to help them too. So, um, But it is... It really is down to our outreach workers and that uh, rapport and that relationship that they can try and build with the individual potential client. Sergeant Joles, I need to take a quick break here. Can you hold the line for just a second? I would like to find out how, once you have someone in the program, how that works. And if you can, um, if you'd be willing to share a success story uh, with us. Can you hold the line for a second? Certainly. Thank you very much. That is uh, Sergeant Gareth Joles. He's the coordinator of the redirect program um, with the Calgary Police Service. I was fascinated by this. We'll talk more with him when, uh, when we come back. Okay, this afternoon, 248, uh, we're talking uh, about this program that the Calgary Police Service has. It's called uh, the Redirect uh, Program um, and 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 helping um, people uh, break away from uh, being radicalized or when they have been radicalized. Sergeant Gareth Joel's joining me this afternoon. Now, I know, uh, Sergeant, I know you probably can't get into much, if any, detail about the questions that I, that I have for you because I'm nosy and I want to know everything. Uh, <laughs> And how this program works, but I also understand the confidentiality. Can you maybe explain to us then um, when someone is accepted into this program and, yeah. and you start working with them, with a police officer, with a social worker, how, how does that look from the start kind of to, through the finish, if you can, and how do you know when maybe someone is ready to leave this program? Yeah, um, great question, and I am going to start just at the beginning because I want to give kudos to the, the important partners that we work with, and mm-hmm. so a referral will come in from uh, the community, right, whether it's a family member or a professional like we just discussed, um, and uh, myself and uh, uh, the social worker who's uh, sort of in charge of that half, um, Sheila Brantnall, will do a sort of behind-the-scenes assessment and determine whether it might be a good fit for us. We'll bring that client to something called a case planning team um, where um, our, the, essentially the experts in their field sit with us once a month and we discuss clients, and they include uh, groups like Alberta Health Services, Alberta Justice, Correction Services, Child and Family Services, school boards, um, and the City of Calgary, among others. And, you know, they will provide us with their expertise because the real role that we're taking part in and what we're, we're focused on is our positive uh, mentoring and role model piece, and that's really critical. So when we decide that we're going to bring on a new client, we'll come up with an individualized support plan because, of course, every individual is unique. That'll be assigned to that outreach team of one police officer and a social worker, and then they will go out and do the most critical part, which is build up that relationship, that mm-hmm. rapport, and that trust. And once that has been established, which, of course, takes some time, absolutely, then they will start to deal with uh, the wraparound issues that become quite evident while working with them. Uh, um, success rate? Uh, <laughs> well, it depends on what you call success, exactly. right? So um, I would say the majority of ours uh, leave the program uh, successfully, um, and what that might look like is, is really different, whether they've uh, built up um, uh, the ability to go out and be self-sufficient, right? They're not relying on family. They've uh, gone and uh, gone on to finish some school. Mm. They've got themselves uh, a career, um, a significant other. These things that might be um, considered fairly normal for some people, but they can be a struggle for others. And, and so it's really, the, like I said, it comes back to that mentoring, that role model piece where if we look after all those outlying issues, it addresses um, 
most of the things that brought that client to us in the first place. So when we we talked earlier on about kind of what this program was based on, some of the other um, yeah. some of the other programs is yeah. are, are there programs like this elsewhere in in Alberta in in Canada in North America? Yeah, there are. I mean, not like ours. I think there are a lot of different uh, programs, right? And it's it, I guess that might be based on you know where you are in the country, etc. Up in Edmonton, we work quite closely with the Organization for Prevention of Violence. That's mm strictly civilian um, out of Edmonton and uh, Dr. John McCoy there. Um, but his program is a little bit different from ours, yeah. but uh, we're still working towards the same thing and the same goal. Yeah. So uh, we cross over a fair bit um, in doing that. And the same out east, right? Montreal and Toronto have uh, effective programs too. Yeah, Dr. John McCoy, always a, a fascinating interview when we have him on the show mm-hmm. uh, as well. What does the future look like for this program? Well, um, we are looking to expand. Um, we know we're going to continue to uh, evolve, um, you know, to keep up with uh, some of what's happening around the world and certainly that right-wing side of things. And mm. um, we'll, uh, we'll keep moving in that direction. So. I guess if, if there's, the, there's someone out there uh, listening that might be uh, having a, a challenge, uh, yep. you know, uh, with somebody in their life, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're in Edmonton, we're not in Calgary. Any yep. suggestions uh, for them? Um, certainly go on and have a look at our website. Yeah. It's uh, uh, redirect.ca, um, and it can give you some of the indicators and the behaviors that I talked about before. And if you feel that uh, that's a little concerning, um, certainly I would call the Edmonton Police Service first, and then uh, in conjunction with them, perhaps reach out to Dr. McCoy and OPV to see if they can assist. Dr. Our Sergeant Joel, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Really interesting. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Take care now. That is Sergeant uh, Gareth Joles with the Calgary Police Service uh, involved. Uh, he's the coordinator of the Redirect program. Again, the website, if you're just curious, and I spent some time on the website today actually just going uh, through it all in the different pages. And if you want to learn a little bit more um, just on kind of some of the, even the terminology, some of the background, some of the warning signs, that sort of thing. I think we all think that, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It can happen. Um, it's, you know, oh, but he was the, or she was the greatest, uh, you know, kid, that sort of stuff. Again, the, the website is redirect.ca, redirect.ca.